Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Feedbacks and Insights, Sheer number 44. I want to share with you a Sheer, a lecture given uh, by someone named Rav Moshe Zev Lam, never met him, but he gave, he's a social worker, gave phenomenal, phenomenal lecture in the Kailal uh, run by Rav Yitzhak Berkowitz. Uh, the shear is posted both in Torah anytime, as well as on Rabbi YY's Jacobson's website, the yeshiva.net. And he, he, uh, it's Kedai to go straight there and listen to it. I'm going to give you more of a summary, aside of what he said about what makes good marriages and what makes not good marriages. And uh, the insights that he shares are really, really powerful important, and um, I believe that once uh, you're aware of these concepts and practice them, it could be a life changer for your marriage. So the first thing he discusses, he gives a yesoid, which is very true, which a lot of people don't, uh, are either unaware of or, or just don't want to accept or just take it for granted it's not that way is that the marriage relationship is inherently unstable. Couples' natural tendency is to drift apart. And uh, it's very different than almost every other relationship and any other interaction. Uh, Marriage is a commitment. Friendships are not. Which means like this, that... um, with a friendship, it could shift a little bit this way, that way. If there's a real breach in a friendship, you could decide not to become friends with the person anymore. Um, very often, friendships, uh, you don't talk to somebody for eight weeks and uh, you meet him again and you just um, continue from where you left off. With marriage, it's not that way. Firstly, marriage is a commitment. Commitment means that it takes hard work and it's all over the place. It's inherently unstable, as we just said. And um, every interaction, therefore, is very meaningful. Every moment counts. And in a marriage, you said yesterday, I love you. You need to say it again today, I love you. It's a whole different thing. And also, one of the things he said that's very important is that marriage is, a healthy marriage, is when there is constant curiosity about the other human being, your wife or your husband. Firstly, he's mugged them over here also that we're not talking about cases where uh, there's a major personality disorder or trauma. We're talking about, in this lecture, about two people who are healthy people, just very, very different from one another. And um, he did say, though, that in early parts of marriage, you know, within a year, two years, even up to five years, even if there is a discovery of real trauma and personality disorders and things like that, it could be work. It's workable. Usually it's workable. It could be worked out and it could be dealt with and the marriage could survive and even thrive 
if the proper help is is um, is given. Later in a marriage, if you're ready, if 10, 15, 20 years into it with personality disorders and trauma, then it's quite difficult. But we're talking here when these issues aren't here. It's just two healthy people that are just very different from another. And one of the keys to have a healthy marriage this way is to have a constant curiosity about one another. And that uh, is even if you're mar- you have been married already for 50 years, makes no difference. The soul is very deep. The soul is very rich, very complex. And um, yeah, you, you could say all you want. I know this. this my wife or husband has been doing this thousands of times already. Um, but, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's not the case. You may not know something, even if you've seen something a thousand times, if you're not curious and open about it. And, um, he gives a muscle, which is a good muscle. You know, if a therapist tells you, I've been a therapist for 50 years, there's nothing else for me to learn. I know everything. You'll walk the other way. And, uh, so, with a marriage, you could say all that I've seen this 10,000 times in my spouse, I could read her or him like a book. It's not the case. You could have gotten it wrong the last 10,000 times. You could be clueless. You still need that curiosity to open up and to learn. And that's very important, you said, in marriage. Another thing that um, he said, basically, that is that in a healthy marriage, you need to express your needs. I need something, and I'm telling you that I need that. In an unhealthy marriage, they say, you should know what I need without me telling you. And here he says that this is poison. This is one of the worst lines, sayings that are said that really destroys marriages. You should know what I need without telling you. That is a recipe for a bad marriage. A good marriage is, no, I need something, and therefore I am telling you. It makes no difference how long we're married. It makes no difference. It's not like you should have known. No such thing of I should have known. You have a need, you express it. That's how you do it. And um, he gives an example that's it, it's it's very interesting. Um, he gives this example as follows. He says that the um, a husband see you know let's say they're they're by a conference or something and a lot of people there, and the husband sees his wife standing, and um, he sees his wife standing and notices his wife standing. And his wife is standing. He has no place to sit. The wife notices that a different husband gets a cheer for his wife. But my own husband, he's not getting me any cheer. He sees I'm standing and he's not getting me any cheer. And she's very upset about that. And Rabbi um, Lamb said that as he talked to the couple, he realized that the husband had a different framework in the way he thinks. The husband was a type of person that if uh, there would be standing room and someone offered him a cheer, he would get annoyed. 
I can get my own chair when you when I need a chair for. So it's not like the husband was being mean or self-centered or not caring when he noticed his wife standing. His her, her husband, he was of the mindset in his mind, if she needs a chair, you know, she'll get the chair. It's not respectful and it's annoying someone to offer her a chair. She knows there's a chair there, she'll get the chair. So it, there, there was a misconception of uncaringness when it wasn't uncaringness. It's just a matter of how the brain was wired uh, differently. And um, so that's an interesting point to know. So therefore, it's important to express your needs. Like, for example, if the wife would tell that husband, yes, for you, it's annoying, maybe. Or for you, you know, it's just an assumption. What are you getting me a chair for? I get my own chair. But for me, I'd feel good if you care for me that way. Then the husband would realize this if it's verbalized to him, and he'll get her the chair. Another thing about the constant curiosity is in a happy marriage, you never stop dating. You never stop. Most people form their marriage relationships through dating, through talking about things that are not, you know, serious. And what happens is, and they develop their decision to get married based on a lot of that type of relationship. And now that they get married, it becomes very serious and uh, they don't talk like that anymore, just to chill, you know. And in a happy marriage, it's very important that even with all the responsibilities that you have, there's still a need to talk about not serious things, about the fun aspects, about nothing, actually, just to enjoy their time together, play a game together, walk together. And relationships can be healed that way. This Ramosha Zev Lam social worker said he had many, many couples come to him. And when that dynamic changed, their marriage improved dramatically. When they went back to that space, that instead of, yes, they have to talk about finances and about kids and about where we're going for Shabbos and about in-laws and all these life, real life situations, you can't avoid that, obviously. But when he saw that couples reverted back to just spending a couple of hours and a, a date night and other things and just have a 20-minute conversation to talk about nothing or not serious things, uh, you know, and not the responsibilities. It creates a shift in the marriage in a beautiful way, and they become closer again in a very serious way. And dating in marriage, it doesn't make a difference if you're married already 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. There's a curiosity with a combination of being nice. So, um, and, and, and part of this curiosity and being nice is the way, let's say, uh, you know, you, you, uh, your spouse did something that bothered you. You don't understand what they did. So you could say it in a rough way and say, you know, what is with you? What were you thinking? Like in a condemning way. But then in a healthy marriage, it's, a curiosity thing. You know, what were you thinking? You know, in a nice tone of voice and really trying to understand. And then he said a big aside that's very important also. And um, and it's like this, that couples in happy marriages that step back and go back to that sort of dating fun mode 
it could do wonders. So, for example, if a couple's deciding where they're going for Shabbos, they're going to go away, where, where they're going, they're going here, or they're going there. So, if you remember as you're discussing this, that the crux of the issue here is not where they're going for Shabbos. That's not what's really important about this conversation. But rather, the important conversation is what is our relationship going to look like for the next 50 and 60 years based on this conversation? And um, and Shabbos is a secondary factor where we're going for Shabbos. That's a side point. If you have that mindset, then it opens up things. Like you talk about it in a playful way. Okay, so let's decide. Where are we going for Shabbos? Okay, maybe, you know, like in a old dating fashion, just talking it through. And 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 that relationship is what what is the key, not necessarily what's going on going for Shabbos. So, the conversation, no matter how heated or how important it seems to be, this particular decision: are we doing this or are we doing that? You need to remember that behind it is the warmth and caring of one to the other, and the curiosity, and the going through it together, and expressing yourselves. That is the real crux of the important part of what's going on in the relationship. So that's basically the Yisoides that he said over here that's really powerful and important to understand. And then he said something also that is very important, in that in a problematic marriage, you cannot say, that's not what I meant. And in a good marriage you can say, that's not what I meant. And he said, very important, that you could have a bad marriage and you only fight once a year or you barely fight at all, but you could have a horrible marriage. And then you could have a good marriage where there is arguments every day, but you have a wonderful marriage. And what is the difference? The difference is is on the ability that you could say, that's not what I meant. If a couple, even if they have arguments on a daily basis about things, but if their mode is, oh, I'm sorry, this is not what I meant, this is what I meant, and the other one accepts that as a trust, I trust you that this is what you meant, this is what I meant, they could have a wonderful marriage, even if they initially disagree on many things. While in a bad marriage, it's like, what do you mean? This is not what you meant. This had to have been what you meant. What else could you mean? And they don't give you that leeway and they don't trust you on it. Because he said, very important, that trust, people think trust is on a basic thing. Like, for example, if you go to the if you go to the office, the husband, and he has to stay till 10 o'clock at night, and the trust means that the wife says, I trust you that you're not hanging around with your friends, that you're not cheating on me. I trust you that you're at work till 10 o'clock. That's a basic trust. And but he said that trust really is something much, much deeper. I said something that hurt your feelings. And I made a comment about your family. And you're very upset at what I said. So I did something wrong. I, I, I ignored you. Or, or I, I, I said something wrong. But then I say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. This is what my mind was going through as if this was happening. I wasn't, I was worried about this. I was worried about that. 
And this is what was going on. So the question is, do you trust me? Do you believe me? Do you believe me when I said, even when I misbehaved and said something I shouldn't have said, but when I'm genuinely explaining to you, I was my mind was not in the right place because of this. Do you trust me? Do you believe me? If you don't, then the marriage is in a lot of trouble. And if you do, then you can get through anything. You can get through anything when that trust is there. Now, sometimes in a, in a marriage, she said, they're at a point where they don't trust each other. So that is a separate aside where trust issues could be worked through till ultimately they build that trust. And that's a work in progress. But the goal is to get to that point where you trust to the point where you could say that your spouse could tell you that's not what I meant. And, and you believe that and you trust them on that. And you can get through anything that way. So you don't interpret things based on your own interpretation of things. You interpret things based on what the other person's mindset is. And be open to that mindset that the other person has. And be receptive to it. So that's also another very important aside that he said. Then he went on to describe the differences between men and women which we discuss many times, that if you understand this, you will really get a deep uh, understanding about, about, about each other, and marriages can really thrive. So one we're going to talk about in the next shear, but as I said, the next feedback. But one of them, we're just going to mention, because we mentioned it many times before, and it's a difference between men and women. It could be reverse also. It's most men, most women, but it could be the other way. We talked about it in, in the way they view and react to physical intimacy. For a man, they use physical intimacy in order to connect. In order to connect, they need that physical intimacy to get to that space in which they could connect. For the women... It's the opposite. Physical intimacy is what you do when you're already connected. So in other words, no, I, I can't have that physical intimacy unless I already feel that connection. I need to feel that connection first, that warm emotional affection and connection in order for me to become physically intimate. While by the man, it's reverse. He says, I need to connect this is how I connect, by being physically intimate. And that is the disparity that happens between a man and a woman, for the most part. Again, it could be reversed sometimes in regard to physical intimacy. And we had Shurim in the past, and Mi Hashem will have Shurim in the future in regard to that difference. Uh, another difference is in general, and again, it's only a general thing, is that men think in linear ways, and a woman has a more holistic view of things, a more broad-minded uh, view of things, whole picture things, while the man is very literal and linear. Again, it could also be reversed depending on personality differences and things like that. So the understanding of how they are so different from one another can, and, and why can create, once they know this, a tremendous way to learn how to communicate with each other, 
how to thrive despite the fact that they're so different. So remember that. This is not a negative thing. People hear this. They say marriages are inherently unstable, and they go, oive. It's not a oive. It's just the reality. It's the most beautiful relationship when it works. But the idea is that you constantly need to work. It's it's inherently unstable by nature is 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 just a fact that men and women are so different than one another and um, the natural tendency is to drift apart and that's normal that means it's normal that you're a normal person you're in a normal marriage your husband is a wonderful person you're a wonderful person you're just very different from one another and if by not working towards it you feel a little distance and you need to work to connect and create that difference again that is normal and it shouldn't scare people but it's a commitment commitment means it's not like friendship friendship you know it, it does you don't have to pay a price you don't you know you say you know even if you had a little fallout with him you, you build it up the next time you'll say good job for the, to him and you won't you know i don't want to talk to him now so i won't talk to him now a commitment in marriage means that basically there will be challenges coming your way. And it's normal to understand it and accept it. And once you do that and you work towards it, you can end up having a beautiful, beautiful marriage. We'll continue, Mertz Hashem, uh, next week in the next feedback on this particular share. Have a wonderful week.